welcome back to the Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Will. And on today's episode, we're covering a series uh, we put together uh, called Why Men Hate Going to Church. We got put onto this topic by listening to podcast from The Art of Manliness, which is authored by Brett McKay. It's uh, podcast 253, Why Men Hate Going to Church, where he interviewed the author of a book called Why Men Hate Going to Church, David Murrow. Yeah, and so David uh, wrote this book, um, not just based off his own experiences, but also, you know, talking with a lot of other men who don't go to church and um, some of those reasons why. And I think overall, it does discuss um, kind of the feminization of church, which uh, is, I think, more than evident if you look at at church today. And uh, but more specifically, chapter ten discusses the twelve things men fear about church. And so we're going to cover those twelve things starting today. Yeah, so the first of the 12 we covered was I'll hate church like when I was a kid. Uh, That was fear number one. Fear number two, I'll lose control. And fear number three, I'll get stuck with some weirdo. Like when I think about this one, I think about you. (laughs) Like, man, I don't want to go to church with Travis. I mean, that's that's fair enough. no, but even, I was going to so, say so, I brought up you, but yeah, right. <laughs> so even as a as a Christian, uh, someone who enjoys church, likes going to church, there are sometimes people that I meet or come across that even give me this vibe. Oh, for like, sure. Oh man, like what <laughs> you know? What we're, kind of reputation are you giving us, Christians? Where <laughs> you don't even feel comfortable just being yourself around them. You know what I right. mean? Like, um, yeah, I. Totally, totally on board with this just because I know what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I want to, I, I, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I guess I can't really explain it, but I totally understand. We're going to get a little bit deeper uh, and, and, and read directly from the book here. So, yeah. According to an article in Christianity Today, Who is America's most famous evangelical? It's not a televangelist, politician, or megachurch pastor. It's Ned Flanders, the Bible-quoting, teetotaling neighbor on the animated TV series The Simpsons. Ned's a stereotypical Jesus nut who's cherry, straight-laced, and nerdy. Flanders is the nicest guy you could ever meet. And if you think he's weird, that's just oakley doakley with him. There's a certain peculiarity that comes from following closely after God. Think John the Baptist, for those of you who uh, who know the story. But some Christians have taken weird to a new level. Think Nehru-jacketed televangelist, which uh, we had to look up. And we did. Had to, was just like, think of like, goo, what the heck goo, is that? like some guru <laughs> shiny jacket. Sure. Uh, we've all known Christians who have gotten excited about the Lord and gone completely off the end of the pier. Some men fear if they were to become religious, they might end up like Flanders, or they'll find themselves in some secret assembly of wide-eyed religious fanatics 
Excuse me, could you pass the Kool-Aid, please? Men also fear that a life of faith spells out the end of fun. Giving up your weekends to sing songs and listen to sermons doesn't sound appealing to your average guy. Christians also have a reputation as straight-laced prudes who don't drink, don't smoke, don't dance, don't play cards, don't go to the movies, and don't associate with those who do. Most men would rather attend a dull party than a great Bible study. I think Ned Flanders is the perfect guy. I, I totally for, agree. <laughs> for this, uh, this scenario, for this fear, because that's exactly who you don't want to become. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what people are afraid of. If I go to church, I'm going to have to sing the songs. I'm going to have to put away all the fun things I used to do. And I'm going to have to say oakley doakley and turn the other cheek. And I can never argue. I can never, you know, I can't do the manly stuff. For sure. Lose my man card when I do that. But is that true? That that's I would say that is not that is my not, experience no, at all. No. And again, like like we mentioned earlier, of course we've we've had those experiences with um with individuals before where you know you wanna you wanna crack a a, a fart joke or something and you're just like, you know you you do maybe and they're and they're all uppity about it, you know, yeah. like ugh, that's you know, whatever. Um so I totally, I totally get it. I'm totally on board with that. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, it's just not true. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that there are not, um, there are not individuals like that because there are, and some of them are just extremely legalistic and some of them are just extremely sold out. Right. Um, and and you have to expect that in any group there's exactly like there's no group that is not that way you know i you don't want it to be cultish right like, not everyone's going to be the same yeah there's going to be the guy who is nerdy and reading the greek and the hebrew and that's all they talk about and they're good at math and you know like sure ned flanders yeah yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and then there's other guys who who pray and read the bible and their their actions is their faith like, and maybe they could care less about the original Hebrew or Greek as far as studying it and spending hours doing that, but instead they'd rather go work on cars. Neither one is more Christian. Neither one is more godly. But we think of it that way, don't we? Oh, for sure. Like, okay, well, the guy, the guy over there being studious is more feminine he, uh, he doesn't know how to change his oil, you know, but where does, I, I guess, where does this come from? I, I'm not sure because I think anybody, I, I've actually, I, <laughs> so, so I actually had a, a, a friend of mine and I hope he's listening because he's going to know <laughs> who he is. Um, we were, uh, we we're actually overseas and I can't remember, I don't even remember the context. All I remember is he said, Travis, uh, you're the Jesusiest person I know. <laughs> and I took that as a compliment, you're right? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I totally took that as a compliment. However, um, and, 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 and this individual included, anybody who really knows me knows that I'm going to crack a sex joke. 
<laughs> yes. like quicker than anybody else. Right. In fact, to the point that even um, my sweet, beautiful, innocent bride will, you know, throw out a, that's what she said. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, um, is it possible to, to be both? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, is it, is it possible to, um, need to grow and maybe step out of those things, understand better, uh, when and where to be the Ned Flanders and when and where to be the, the goofy guy. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, when I was a kid, I, I remember, um, the director of, uh, a camp that I attended. Um, he said, he envisioned that, you know, Jesus was, you know, the guy who would grab you and give you a noogie. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was, um, the, the interpretation he had of, of who the person of Jesus was. And that always kind of stuck with me. Like I never really thought about it like that. And it really made it as a young boy, it made it a lot more, it made him a lot more relatable to me, him being Jesus. Yeah. Because, you know, what young boy wants to learn from the, you know, bow tie and, and, uh, straight laced, whatever. No, no. Right. I mean, we're naturally fun and exciting and and I mean like that's what we look for and not just boys but I'm I'm speaking from experience here. Sure. And so of of course it it really changed my perspective. Um but to be perfectly honest, I think one of the biggest misconceptions um and and maybe why this comes about. And again, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to say that um that you shouldn't be sold out for Christ. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, you can't be an average everyday person who, um, who just has a, a quiet heart for God. Um, because there's both ends of those spectrums, but I think, one of the biggest challenges my entire life. Um, so I'm, I'm learning short story. Okay. I'm going to deviate here a little bit. I'm learning that a lot of the stories <clears throat> that I learned as a kid, the, you know, the basic Bible stories, um, the, the good Samaritan, the, uh, the, what else am I thinking? <laughs> uh, Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the fish, uh, and, um, you know, a lot of those classic Bible stories that yeah. you learn as a kid, I'm learning in my older age that the message behind those stories is totally not, um, you know, and the focal point of those stories as a kid is not the focal point of the story uh, of those stories from, uh, that I see as an adult. So, you know, as a kid, you see, uh, Jonah got swallowed by a big fish, right? right? And that's the main point. And that's the main point. But really, it's it's the heart of him after, uh, you know, the repentance and and the whole you know tree withering and mm-hmm. and everything. Um, 
and for the prodigal son, it was always, you know, the, the going, the son who, who left and, and then came back and, and boom, that was kind of the end of the story. But really, if you think about it, that whole story is more focused on the other son who didn't leave, who really harbored hatred for his brother, you know? And so I'm learning a lot of different, uh, different ways to look at stories that I've always heard growing up in the church. And one of which is um, the, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but but the story, you know, either be hot or cold, don't be lukewarm, because I'll spew you out of my mouth, yeah. right? So um, I know, I've, I always thought that how weird it was that God would rather I be cold and and unchristlike and and not walk in faith. Um, he that he would rather that yeah. um, than I be a lukewarm Christian. So he'd rather me be like one hundred percent Ned Flanders or a complete total sinner yeah. and nothing in between. Just recently, I've learned that. Uh, so there's a there's a great series, and I don't know the name of the series. Uh, maybe we'll be able to put that in the description, but um, series we've been going through in Bible study or Sunday school. Um, and it's a video series where they walk through and they actually sit in the locations um, where the messages were spoke. Okay. And and even even amazing things like the 10 plagues and, and how specific those plagues were to the different gods of the Egyptians at the time and, and how much more powerful it is when you really know the the history and you're sitting there looking at all these different figures, you know? Um, but one of the things was that story and um, where uh, the, the location of that story was actually between two uh, or three sources of water. So there was one um, source of water that had, uh, you know, springs coming from the uh, from the mountaintops, right? And it was cold, ice cold, refreshing, good to drink water, right? And the other water, uh, another water source, was a hot spring, and the hot spring had all these um, salts and stuff in it that were were very nurturing to your body, almost like I mean, today people do you yeah. know Epsom salt baths and, and such. Um, so there was a lot of healing properties in these hot springs, but in the other direction, like kind of pyramid of, or, or triangle, uh, of these three water sources, um, the other was a, uh, a place that didn't have good water that it was, um, it was a, a, a city and, the water, it wasn't ice cold. It wasn't good to drink. There was a lot of bacteria and stuff in it, so you couldn't really drink it. Um, it was really only used for, you know, um, washing, you know, sure. what, whatever. It, it, it didn't have much no of a healing purpose. Properties. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what, I, what, I, what I gained from that is a complete and total uh, realization that I totally, I, that I didn't understand that, that, portion of scripture and that um god isn't saying that he'd rather you be an ice cold sinner um than 
than a, a lukewarm Christian. But what he's saying is, um, you know, serve a purpose. And um, I think we we all serve, you know, we can serve a purpose. Um, we don't all have to be the uh, Bible-toting preacher man, mm-hmm. right? Because if there's a preacher man, yeah. then there there if if everybody was a preacher then there would be no flock you know you know what i'm saying and so um yeah i <laughs> i really went off i'm sorry i just <laughs> so, kinda, so, the, so the point of that was <laughs> the, the the point of that was um you, you don't have to get stuck with some weirdo you right um you just uh you really have to just follow Christ and be in communion with him right and open to the ways in which he's leading you personally not not for you to walk like someone else for you to walk right like Christ yeah I think there's you. there's two things you can pull out of this in the first one is what you're hitting at is maybe you are drawn to or you feel like you have to become somebody you're not once you become a Christian. You sure. have to change your personality. You have to start dressing different. You have to, yeah. Um, and and in, in reality, um, yes, you do. <laughs> like, the goal is to be someone that you're not well, because we are naturally sinners. Sure. Right? So, but I, so, but so we I, can't, so I can't change that. Disagree so. a little bit because I think once we become a Christian, it's God doing the changing. Oh, absolutely. So, so we're not, you know, you know, God may start changing us and give us new, you know, interests, but we shouldn't be, we should never be the one where we feel we have to become that person that, that we, we should not, like you, like you said, we're not all called to be a preacher. Right. So we all shouldn't act like a preacher. Right. We're all, we're all going to worship differently. We don't have to all worship the same way. Sure. Absolutely. And so the fear of, you know, I'm going to become a weirdo is not the case. We're not all called to be the same kind of Christian. God in his vast wisdom and control <laughs> purposefully made us who we are as individuals with different personalities. And that's who we're supposed to be. Yeah. And so when we start getting into the, oh, I have to, I have to start being like that person. I've said being like that person. Uh, that can be a dangerous road to walk down mentally for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where God, I mean, there's a healthy way to think about that and into want to you know better yourself and become better but when you start comparing yourself to other people it can be dangerous but totally and i i think that would be a great uh honestly this would be uh a great topic mm-hmm. um to bring up again at uh at a gathering uh, oh, <laughs> because I, I would love to hear different inputs and, yeah. and and um you know dive a little bit deeper into that right so so we we get that uh, we, I have to become somebody like, I don't want to become that weirdo. The truth is you don't have to, I mean, right. that, that gets kind of what we, this whole <laughs> discussion we just had is you don't have to become somebody else. 
God will slowly change you into who he wants you to be. It's like, you know, you don't have to give up all, you don't have to become this perfect person and give up all your sins before you come to church. You know, God loves us as a sinner. He draws us to church, to himself as a sinner, and he is the one that will change us from the inside out. Sure. And we will start to then put people around us and we'll start, you know, attacking those sins. The other thing is, you know, um, maybe we try to become people pleasers. So, so uh, by trying to become somebody else, like what's, I guess I I question what's the purpose, what's the motive behind it, right? You know, if so, if I become a Christian, I start going to this church. Oh no, I have to become like this person. Well, why? Right. You know, and I think it's because you're trying to fit in, trying to drink the Kool Aid. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, so I want to read. Uh, just a verse here, Galatians 1, verse 10 says, uh, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Like our our purpose is not to become somebody else to please man, but to allow God to change us to please him. Totally. And, and I mean, that's kind of, gosh, we could really dig into that. <laughs> no, we, we, we could, we, man, we go a lot further. We yeah. could, we could really dig into that. Um, <clears throat> just as far as, um, you know, walking in the light because isn't, mm. you know, and, and even posing the question, can we be a Christian and, uh, you know, still be living a sinful lifestyle, you know, or can and, you be a Christian and drink alcohol Yeah, or smoke cigars? I mean, when I, when I grew up, no, you couldn't, you know, if, if, if going back into, uh, uh, you know, the church setting that I grew up in. And I was so, saying, you say you, when you grew up, it's not, it's not that God changed. No, 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 changed. no. I, I gained a, a much deeper understanding of, yeah. <clears throat> of not just what was sin, but what sin was, if that makes any sense. But, uh, um, yeah. And, and I think that's, I think that's the biggest challenge for the church is loving people where they're at in their walk. Right. Yeah. Um, and it is hard because, you know, sometimes you see people um, struggling with things and you're, and, and you're, you want to, you want to draw those conclusions. Like, are they really even following Christ? How can they follow Christ and still yeah. do that? Um, but again, I think as always, we need to one, you know, be willing to um, confront our friends, we need to build those relationships with people so that we're, we have some sort of vested interest so that we can confront them and say, listen, what you're doing is black and white wrong. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it's not, you know, the the fear I'll get stuck with some weirdo or I'll become some weirdo is, I mean, it's a legitimate fear, but it's one that we don't have to live with because we know that God created us individually and he's going to be the one to change us into who he wants us to be. That's it for this episode of The Gathering Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We'd also appreciate a good review. But more importantly, if you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, please join us for The Gathering Breakfast, held the second Saturday of each month, at the 963 building on North M18, where we'll have plenty of bacon, and we'll touch on this episode briefly. 
with some more outlook from men like yourself.